everybody. Welcome to another edition of Meet the Creator. Today, I will be interviewing the legend that is Derek Landy. We're going to be talking about the first Skullduggery graphic novel, which is called Bad Magic. So welcome indeed, Derek. <laughs> uh, so this isn't, of course, your first foray into writing for graphic novels, um, and you've written for graphic novels before. But can you tell us a bit about that? And also, why did you particularly want Skullduggery to be done as a graphic novel? Um, well, I mean, I have wanted Skullduggery to uh, to have some kind of life in a comic book or graphic novel form for years. Uh, as a lifelong uh, comic fan, um, it... Uh, it just seemed like a seamless uh, uh, transition. Um, but it, it was it like when I was starting out, the first Skullduggery Peasant book was out in 2007. And I mean, easily for the first 10, 12 years, uh, graphic novels were not seen as a viable, ouch, viable, would you please stop um uh as a viable avenue to go down for a book publisher um but ever since heartstopper uh demonstrated that not only does the wider public not only do they um or or, or would they accept uh um a story uh, told in a comic book form but they would do so in droves. So I, I, I think ever since Heartstopper, that has opened the eyes of of mainstream publishers. And now we, thankfully, the Skullduggery Pleasant uh, team over at HarperCollins are surprisingly experimental with the stuff they are open to doing. So, you know, we had a, we had, um the grimoire last year or yeah. the year before which is essentially uh previously on uh for the entire series but they said let's experiment let's let's uh, do something new and and so they've always been kind of eager to be at the the forefront of yeah. what a publisher will um experiment with with skullduggery everything I had learned from working with Marvel Comics. Um, I've I've been writing for them for a few years, and you know, writing various Avengers books and Captain America and Iron Man, and you know, just awesome, awesome characters. Um, and that has given me a a crash course in how to write a comic. Because yeah. uh, as a reader, um. I I knew the language and I knew the vernacular of what goes into a comic page, what goes into a comic book, but um, seeing it from the other side, seeing it from the yeah. side of the creators was quite an eye-opening experience, but I was able to then use that to take HarperCollins by the hand and go, okay, this is what we need this is what we are talking about this is really the language that you have to adopt 
when we're talking about um a uh, graphic novels and uh so yeah thankfully they are very quick learners and is the the process of writing for the graphic novel and for a novel naturally it must be very different it is it's a lot more akin to writing a screenplay yeah um and i started out in in movies i had two small irish movies made before skullduggery appeared um so I I am very used to writing in screenplay format and describing what is going on and then adding your dialogue. It 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 isn't the same as writing a screenplay. Um, these are writing a, a graphic novel. Each panel is a snapshot, and so you pick the the movement, the pose the situation that just you know uh conveys enough of what you need in any particular moments and then you trust the artist uh the 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 weirdest thing about writing comics i started out in movies where i'm writing the script alone uh i am the driving force behind everything before me there is nothing I create the script, then uh, it's developed, and then I suddenly become part of a team. And then the director comes on board and the team gets larger, but also you suddenly have a new leader. Yeah. And at this point, uh, the closer you get to uh, filming, the less important the writer is in theory, because hopefully if everything is going uh, right the the writer is needed less and less um and so that was my experience with movies to being a part of a team um so then skullduggery came along and i said okay this is my chance to to take ownership of something completely um and so i've been like that since i wrote the book in 2005 and it was sold in 2006 so I have been like this. I've been in charge of everything yeah. for, since 2006. And then we went and we decided to do a graphic novel. And we bought in uh, PJ Holden and Matt Soff, um, the artist and the colorist, uh, respectively. And suddenly, I, once again, I'm part of a team where... But it's a much smaller team and it's a lot more of a genuine uh, partnership. But mm -hmm. again, it's giving up control of your creation and trusting in the artistic eye of somebody else. Because an artist, a, a PJ, a, a didn't just take my exact panel descriptions and reproduce it perfectly in in visual yeah. form he interprets my storytelling through his storytelling mm -hmm. um and if if uh if we were in the medium of film then my my script would still be the screenplay but pj would be the director and the cinematographer yeah. and the lighting guy and he would be every one of the cast because he has to act with his drawings and so so it's it's uh it's 
it's a, it was very interesting to give up that control and to also give it up uh, willingly and then to see um to watch the results of it um mm. just a blossom on the page it, it, it's been wonderful so pj's interpretations of the characters were they how you saw them yourself in your head no um because I see them as real people. Um, yeah. So I I don't see them as they are on the book covers. I don't see them as they are on in any illustrations. And I, and I don't see them as they are in the graphic novel. I see them as real people. Mm. Um, what we are intent on doing, because for so long, um, the... The covers had been done by um, an artist called Tom Percival, uh, and we got wonderful, wonderful. Like the reason, you know, most people gave the series a chance at all is because the cover screamed at them. So yeah. they, yeah, um, uh, but for so long, the Skullduggery style had been had been identified with uh, Tom's art yeah. style, and so. Um, we're 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 just entering a period of rebranding uh, now, as every company loves uh, to do, just to keep things fresh and to keep things more vital on the shop bookshelf. Um, so because we're entering this period, and we're going to rebrand the series with um with new art. Uh, I said, okay, this is our chance to kind of break away from only having one art style as the Skullduggery art style. So we have one artist on the covers. We have a PJ on Bad Magic. Um, I just want to expand the idea. I just want to essentially get across the idea that none of these visual interpretations and if we ever make a movie even that will be included none of this is the real skullduggery pleasant the real yeah. skullduggery pleasant is the skullduggery pleasant that exists in my head and in the heads of the readers yeah uh, all of the different interpretations of them uh visually are all a particular artist's point of view yeah, yeah there are of course very strong themes of um diversity and inclusion in the graphic novel as there are as well in skullduggery but was that something you felt very strongly about including i mean it's quite political in its way it is i mean it's it's about this this small irish town um where Basically, monsters will get you if you don't conform. Yeah. Uh, essentially, and there there's multiple reasons why I I I told this little story with the books. The first nine books are phase one, uh, and it, they follow Valkyrie from when she's twelve to eighteen, and the second six books are phase two, and they follow her from when she's like twenty. To 23 to 27 or 8. Yeah. Um, and in phase in phase one, I 
thought I had written a very inclusive series, not not in any, and I do not like the term woke, um, not seeking any woke uh, credentials just Mm. because why wouldn't they be diverse? Yeah. Um, But actually what I realized was that I hadn't. I, in my head, and I had... I had explained that all of the sorcerers, because they've been around for hundreds of years. So you, when you're around for hundreds of years, you start to, and you're not getting any older, you're pretty much eternally young. Um, you you don't get more conservative as you get older, you, you become more open yeah. um, because there is nothing onrushing. There is, there are no outside uh, pressures on you on your body on your health and so your mind is allowed to just expand yeah. um and so people who you know spent the first 60 years of their lives as a straight person you know what when you get to 70 and you're still looking like you're 23 uh why not just experiment and the more you experiment the more you just go yeah what's the big deal yeah um and so in so I had established this. I had said this, this is what happened. And yet I didn't have any actual examples of it. So when I mentioned in one of the books that uh, one of the side characters was bisexual, that my very next signing, so many girls came up to me and, you know, the, I love the books, love the books. Thank you. Can you sign this? Can you sign that? Also, um, thank you for writing this line and i was like what what Uh, what line Uh, oh okay yeah sure in my head it was just a little detail she mentioned a girlfriend from years ago and but to these girls and these boys and these peters they suddenly saw a little bit of themselves in their favorite book series and that was a wonderful that thing and then when it came to writing book uh, phase two, I looked now at my audience and my audience coming to the signings were, were they were getting older. The, the core readership were now getting older and they were discovering who they were. And they were a lot more diverse than um, straight white uh, people. Yeah. So I figured... If phase one was meant to be diverse and yet I failed, um, let's just be absolutely blatantly, yeah. obviously, unavoidably, uh, ridiculously diverse in phase two, where Valkyrie comes out as bisexual. She gets a girlfriend. It's a loving, healthy relationship. Um, uh, you you know, I'm able to go deeper. There is a non-binary character. There's yep. trans. There's, there's, um, you know, it it begins to open up, um, and so yeah, phase two, uh, and everything onwards, um, is now, um, happily, happily diverse, and uh, but yeah, it is a reflection on the readers because the uh, and because what in the years since i've realized 
the more I talk to the readers, uh, the more I hear from them. I'm, I mean, obviously, as a straight white uh, male, I see myself in in uh, media all the time. Yeah. I am the the default uh, setting for heroes. Yeah, the default setting for for main characters. Um, but uh, from the moment I mentioned that uh, Tanith Lowe had a girlfriend years ago, mm-hmm. that was the eye-opening experience that told me that readers need to see themselves in their favorite book series, because if they don't, they're an outsider looking in. And yeah. once the world is opened once the book world is opened and they can go oh this is a place where i can actually you know put myself into this is the mm-hmm. place where i can actually a uh, daydream about uh, being a part of um that's that's what i always took for granted you know to yeah. be able to put myself in any cartoon, any movie, any book series, any comic series, apart from maybe uh, Thundercats and My Little Pony. I wasn't (laughs) able to put myself in either of those. But apart from that, I was able to do that with anything and not everyone is. So uh, that's why, yeah, I've gotten hideously, outrageously uh, diverse as I've gone on. Lastly, what I wanted to ask was, is this going to be a standalone? Or are we looking at more graphic novels? You're looking at more, uh, yeah. at least one more um, uh, scheduled for 2025, I think. Uh, so yeah, again, it's gonna be it's gonna be completely different to Bad Magic. Um, I wanted P- Bad Magic to work as a introduction to the series to readers who who had never read any of the books. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I didn't want it to be enmeshed in its own lore or caught up in its own backstory or history. So, uh, which is why it's such a blatantly um, uh, told in one story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving up your time for this interview. Um, it's been an absolute blast, and. And I do adore the graphic novel. I do. Thank you very much, Derek. Thank you very much, Beth. Thank you. Mm